Yo. So if you are like me, and I certainly hope that you're not, uh, you may have heard and wondered about this thing that you keep hearing about called making and selling beats. Yo. No, I don't mean drum loops or 808 sounds or beats or what drum machine you use. I am talking about beats. What are they? You hear it all the time, especially from younger artists, beat makers and rappers. I hear this all the time from students who walk into my class and say, what do you do? I make beats and, uh, or I'm a rapper and I'm a rapper usually means they download beats and, and rap over them. Uh, or I, I, I write songs and then writing songs actually means they're just getting these beats. And we're going to talk about that today. But again, I don't mean a beat like one, two, three, four. If I look online and say, what is a beat? It says beats are the periodic and repeating fluctuations heard in the intensity. I'm not talking about science about what a beat is. We're not talking about that. We're talking about beats that people are making, leasing, and selling online. We're gonna we're gonna define it today. And in some cases, not just making online income, but even getting top 100 hits, publishing deals, and possibly superstardom. We talk about all kinds of music income on this channel, but beats could be maybe one of them that we could add to our list of different things you could be doing while you're doing licensing, while you're doing Spotify, while you're doing all the other things. But today we are gonna find out definitively about beats. We not only have me here today, but we also have one of the top online influencers and a man who sells and makes and sells beats himself. And he's a, one of the top guys in the sync licensing space. And uh, let me tell you, folks, this is going to be dope. Drop the beat, E Money. Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 80 of the Make Music Income podcast, where we talk about how to make music income of all kinds, including sync licensing and non-exclusive licensing and artist income, music publishing and royalties. We're going to get into that today a little bit, music production, and yes, even beats. My name is Eric Copeland, and I have literally made... A whole lifetime just like this guy has and uh, of, of music income life and uh, yeah i worked in corporate i think you worked in corporate at one point didn't you clint yeah and you know so i did too and so i thought who better to really help us understand and define beats and talk have a good conversation about beats than than someone who is also in the sync space that you guys are so familiar with and uh and and just kind of we can talk about both of those things today, but this is no stranger to you guys who watch this channel. You see his channel as well. Mr. Anthony Clint Jr. of Clint Music. Man, thanks so much for joining me today. Eric, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it and excited to talk about it, man. Talk about beats and, and sync and all of that dope stuff, man. So, By the way, today I'd like to be called E-Money. E-Money. Um, You're E-Money yeah. e today. I'm E-Money e today. <laughs> so on today's show, with Clint's help, we're going to uncover what beats are for those who don't know, how to how to start out making and selling beats, how to make music income from it. Listen, everybody acts like everybody knows about beats. 
you know, right. um, and I think it's a it's a little like uh, non-exclusive libraries or sync licensing. It's one of those things you don't know about until someone talks to you about it. Right. And then you start investigating the world. And so I want to just talk about that, how it works with other things like content ID and PROs and royalties and sync licensing and non-exclusive licenses. How does it mix with all that? Because I know there's some weirdnesses there. So I really want to talk about that. But a lot of people in the house. Uh, Luca is in the house. Yes. And says, yo, 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 bros. Okay. Um, and Arco is in the house. I think you've seen Arco before. What's up, Arco? Yes. Um, ISO is in the house as well today. Uh, GR Johnson is in the house. If you know any of these folks, feel free. Nishu, I thought you would bring a producer who sells his beats on BeatStars. Well, I actually did, as a matter of fact. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm... I'm I have a I I do have a um, a DM out to DJ Payne one by the way but uh you know probably not going to hear back from uh DJ Payne but maybe we'll see um, yeah be another great guy to talk to Indeed. but I really wanted you first just because you know you do this kind of stuff and speaking of what you do tell me a little bit about your week what has been going on with your week yeah. this week yeah it's uh it's been a, a crazy week busy week um Let's see. Uh, been getting hit with briefs, like for, uh, for sports stuff. So I'm sure you've probably seen them too. CBS mm -hmm. is circling around and want a ton of music. So um, that knocking out a lot of uh, video content. Just did a, a breakdown on my channel of a, a recent placement on one of uh, Italy's. I think it's like the first Italian reality show on Netflix. Summer job. Wow. So yeah, just did a, a breakdown on that. And um, just planning, um, we we got a, a big update as far as the um, Shades of Sync conference that uh, me and, and Jay Will are working on um, for in, in November. Um, so got a huge update on that, and, and we'll be posting that on, on social media soon. So, man, just kind of you know just working on the briefs, working on the content, and um, you know just working on, on giving people value, man, and helping them out. That's awesome. Um, somebody said to me uh, at one point, "Why don't you just work all the time? If you can, if you can compose all the time, why don't you just compose all the time?" And I, and I can, but I think this this whole kind of like channel stuff. Once you start doing it, from our perspective, it becomes less. Yeah, we try to monetize a little bit because we guess we spend a lot of time on it. But yeah. at the same time. Uh, would we rather just be making like beats all the time or, or making music all the time? Maybe, but you know what? You need breaks from making music sometimes. You, do. Yeah. you can't make music 24 hours a day. You will burn yeah. out and you will not like music anymore. Yeah. So you, and, and then also the other part is that you get a little bit like used to helping people and answering questions and it feels good. You know, we're both educators and that it, there's a, there's a bit of a high in helping people. You know, yeah. Especially, I'm sorry, not I didn't mean to cut you off, but I feel like you know, anytime something has helped you, has helped your career, and has changed your life, usually you want to talk about that. You know what I mean? Like you want to share that with somebody and say, "Hey, this is this is what's helped me. It, it could possibly help you too." Um, and I don't know, man. I, I like I just I want to share it. You know what I mean? And um, you know, I feel like. When you know something can help somebody else, especially when you're seeing, you know, they're struggling to make income with their music or they're struggling to figure out ways 
um, to, you know, to to get in front of people who may want to use their music and pay them for their music. And, you know, some information that can help them. You're I mean, if you're yeah. a halfway decent person, you should, you should probably want to help them out. For sure. um, so that's that's what it is, man. And there's nothing more rewarding than seeing someone take some information you share and actually put it into to action and it, it gives them results man it, it's a great feeling for sure yeah and and yeah and you you have lots of great results from people and and people are it, it, it's just a again it's just one of those things you're probably like me i watched a lot of youtube and before i started this channel i would just say hmm that's interesting what clint is saying or what jesse is saying or what you know stevie b was saying or whatever but i'm having different results and so I just got on and said, okay, this is what I'm seeing. And I, I think there's room for anybody who wants to do that. It anybody is, wants right. to jump on YouTube, talk about it. Put it on Instagram, whatever. Make TikToks yep. about it and show us what you're doing. And there's, it's not about the money, man. YouTube is not going to pay you a billion dollars. If you want to make money, you have to do services for people and stuff like that. You're yeah. not going to just make a lot of money off off YouTube ads. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will. All right. Well, um, I have been a, a busy bee this week as well. Um, I have been uh, producing also for some sports stuff. I had a library come to me and say, we need, you know, college football stuff and they gave me a very specific type of thing to do so i'm working on that right now and then also the other album i have that then these are both albums and the other one is a um is a christmas one and so uh they're still want it and so i just gotta i gotta knock it out this month it's like last last call um I, I, last week I did a thing for those people who watched last week and I did a thing where I said some new things I was going to try and one of them was the old switch all my Pond 5 stuff back to 5 bucks. It, it was up like 50 bucks or 60 bucks and I've okay. had a few sales but then I had a completely dead month and so um, I, I went back to 5 bucks on everything and the next day had a sale immediately and really? so you know I, there's something weird with that algorithm where if you change your prices around – Mm-hmm. You you get moved around, I, I think. Who knows, really? Yeah. Um, the other cool thing that's happening in non-exclusive stuff is that Audio Jungle, if you are an Audio Jungle person, I had, I put three songs up in the morning and that afternoon they were approved. Wow. In, 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 in like hours. It used to take days like or weeks, actually, to get stuff approved there. Not that it matters. It's also a pretty dry place. But, you know, everybody holds out the hope that one day they might get put into Envato Elements. And uh, that's really more of a happening library, I think. Yeah. Um, also started about eight or ten songs into this musicrevolution.com place. Um, I've, I've, a few people have told me they've made some money there. So they accepted me, they accepted the songs. And now it's beep. Beep, beep, back that dumb truck up and trump all those tracks in there, those non-exclusive ones that are in all the other non-exclusive places. Just dump them all in. Yeah. I'm thinking about getting some interns to help me just just upload because I just don't have the time to fill out all the things. That's what I do. Do you do that? Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a VA where like she helps with all of that, the metadata, the upload. Yeah. Man, it takes a load off because we like to create, you know, so yeah. it's just like, we rather do more creating yeah. than typing in spreadsheets and websites and stuff. I think there could be more pennies that could come from other places if I would ha- have someone 
put them all up into all the places that make pennies or yep. dollars. You know, yep. uh, it's not going to be what other incomes are. But it, hey, I've made like ten grand off non-exclusive stuff over the past two and a half years. It's not yep. nothing, you know. Yep. So. Um, I had a great, interesting interview with an artist this week, and his name is Asher Laub, and um, I'm not kidding you. Six figures, 200-plus dates a year. He is wow. a breakdancing and DJ, get ready, violinist. Wow. So imagine Lindsey Sterling, who also dances and or DJs. So, wow. That's, that's impressive. So, like playing the violin while breakdancing at the same Apparently. time. Yeah, wow. he's got he got a YouTube channel with fifteen thousand subscribers. He's got thirty seven Instagram, thirty seven thousand Instagram followers, and and uh, two hundred two hundred dates a year. You know, corporate events, all sorts of things. It's because he's got that unique, weird thing. You know, that they say, "Oh, that'd be yeah. cool." You know, yeah. let's get that here. Wow. So, um, yeah. Uh, Let's see what else this week. Uh, I've been editing a neighboring rights video. I talked to a guy, just like this video where I'm talking to the, the guy. I'm I talked to a guy at, at a neighboring rights, uh, specifically at a neighboring rights company. He's in, in Europe. You may know him. He's in Prague. But um, and, and I've been doing some, some investigating with Sound Exchange about neighboring rights because they say they collect neighboring rights. But turns out, it's not exactly true because I, I emailed them and they emailed me back. So we'll talk about, I'm going to talk about this in this video. It's the next video coming out when I get time to finish editing it. Um, and then uh, I just turned out th three Jimmy Buffett tunes for another one of my libraries just came to me and said, I need these real fast. And so I'm waiting for, right to find a right vocalist. If you know a Jimmy Buffett vocalist, let me know. I'm, I'm looking on Sound Better right now and uh, hoping to find somebody. And then I actually did a mariachi tune kind of this week as well. Really? So How was that? Was that first time or? It's not, tr no, um, no, yes, it's the first time for me. And this isn't really true mariachi, but I would like, I don't think you can really program mariachi perfectly. I don't know, have yeah. you ever done it? No, like I've done like, I've, I've seen requests for like Italian hip hop, uh, like the fusion kind of stuff, the fusion genres. Um, I'm a piano, but no, no mariachi. And it, it yeah, because I feel like that, like you need some genuine instrumentation. You know, to me that's like recording bluegrass. You would just yeah. have to have the the players there, and yep. um, and just they are all in a room, and you just mic them up, and you do your best <laughs> yeah. you can. There's not, you know, you don't want it to be too good. Yeah. And so, um, but the song is called Chimichanga. So I, I kind of went that way with it. But nice. so, yeah, um, got a new class starting on Monday. I teach at a local school here and I just finished a class um, the, the, and, and move them on to the level three, which is the studio side. And they start okay. working in the uh, with the board and all that kind of stuff. And I'll get new recruits back in on Monday who are all beat makers. Nice. It turns out. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, and I got back-to-back -back podcasts. So much going on this week. But it is time for a little something, Clint. Uh, you, I don't know if you've been part of our podcast here before, but and, and this is something I started just recently. But this is a little something I call the news. That's right. Friday, August 11th. 
news that matters. So I saw this article, and I'm going to attempt to share it again. That was the perfect newsy soundtrack, by the way. I don't know why I made that. I made that years ago for something. It's perfect. And, <laughs> and, yeah. So uh, I think you can see this. Uh, Google and Universal, and this was actually, Jesse shouted this out the other day. Um, Google and Universal are already starting the whole thing about licensing people's music or licensing their artists. Um, they're, they're licensing their artists. Let me just read this. So, um, the rise of deep audio deep fakes in conjunction with generative AI has raised concerns within the music industry about ownership and reputational harm. So basically what they are doing, the discussion is the goal is to develop a tool for fans to create these tracks legitimately and pay the owners of the copyrights for it. So what's happening is they're basically saying, like a lot of the libraries these days, they're saying, how can we, you know, how how can we let people do deep fakes and make money for 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 the artists with it? In other words, yeah. let's just make it a a new thing. It's like giving into streaming. It's like giving into downloads. It's like giving into MP3s. All the things they at first didn't want to do and finally did. Mm. And it's I think after after the whole Napster thing, you've seen them try to be earlier adopters on things the, yeah. the music industry in general. And I think you've got um, uh, you've got you've got a lot of things going on here with with all, and they're not the only ones. I think they're all the label. I think Warner is also. I think in the article said Warner is also looking at it. And this is I found this article all over the place. It's it's big news everywhere. Wow. Um, what are your thoughts on this as a person who who uh, I mean I, I personally I'm not a big worrier about AI, so I don't talk about it much on this channel. But mm -hmm. I think it's it's interesting that um, that they're going to just allow this. So the Drake weekend thing that happened recently, you could go through channels just like you can to cover a song. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, what are your thoughts? And and use their voice. So I think I think it, it, it potentially could be a slippery slope. I understand both sides. I understand the side of taking something that people are going to do anyway and figuring out a way to monetize that because it, rightfully so they should be monetized if you're using you know someone's you know name image and likeness and even if it's if it's music lyrical content uh you know their intellectual property they should be compensated for it <laughs> on the other hand me as a brand a brand owner um you know, I would be concerned about what people are creating and then attaching my name to because, you know, I wouldn't want like any old thing just kind of floating out there and saying, you know, this is something Clint produced or this is something that Clint wrote or, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. you know, that could I could see how that could, you know, potentially tarnish someone's reputation because, you know, it gets harder and harder to tell if um, if someone actually created this stuff or not. Um, so I could definitely see the, the, you know, the slippery slope there. Um, but yeah, like it's, um, I don't know, interesting times, man, with, uh, you know, with, with AI and I, I think everyone's trying to figure out how to maximize it and also how to kind of stay protected in, in terms of, you know, their, their intellectual property. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Well, I just thought it was interesting. And, you know, Jesse does a lot of talk on his channel about AI and how it's going to affect the sync industry. And I know that one of my library owners is already talking about how they're going to develop some AI tools and things like that for their for their clients. So people are trying to get ahead of it. For me as a composer, I don't worry about it that much just because um, I've been through a lot of changes. For those of us who went through the 70s and 80s, uh, we've gone from the dark ages to the light. And so we're used to tools that were like, what? Melodyne? What does it do? Are you kidding me? Or Autotune even, but uh, even going back to dolls the, in general, you know. The internet. Like, the internet. <laughs> I mean. Is AI going to be bigger than the internet? That's a pretty big thing, man, to live through and, and see the evolution of that. Like, For sure. Man, yeah. So that's an interesting news item. Um, we'll have more news in a minute, but I want to get to uh, free stuff. Did you know, and that's way too big, did you know we have free stuff for you at the site? I do. I'm going to put this over for you for a minute, Clint. Just sorry. But uh, yeah, if you go to makemusicincome.com slash free, I have a new ebook. Uh, let's see what makes the most... You know, I think I mentioned Beats in my uh, ebook, 50 Ways to Make Music Income, and you can see that in here. Um, I have a, a, an ebook, and you, it, I mentioned it in there, but there's lots of ways, and that's why we're talking about Beats today. Beats is kind of um, one of the, it's, it's not a thing that I've talked about because I'm not involved in it personally, and that's why I wanted to bring, I mean, I want to be, but I just got to figure out how I can be. You know what I yep. mean? So that's why I got a lot of questions to ask. But if you're interested, folks, just go to uh, makemusicincome.com slash free and get yourself some free stuff. It's totally free. So uh, back to the news. And I just have to keep playing this because, you know, I made it. I might as well, like, get some use out of it. And there are actually people who get mad if I don't play the news theme now. If I don't I play. play the theme. Yeah. I love the theme. Thanks for playing the theme. Um, the other thing on the news today that I just wanted to touch on real quick was um, I was looking at the – I love to look at the stats at the RIAA. I don't know if you um, pay much attention to that, but I love to to look at um, this particular chart, which was music consumption, I thought was really cool. Now, this is last year's data because they don't have – they'll do uh, like – data every half year and then they'll right. do a full year so yeah. we haven't gotten it's august they should be coming out with the first part of 2023 all this data that they come out with yeah let me turn this off but um i thought it was pretty interesting in this chart that um when you get down here to favorite genres for overall favorite genre number one is classic rock which i thought is really interesting that classic rock is the number one, followed by rap and hip hop, which is no surprise, and country, which you, is is surprisingly popular um, everywhere. If you look at Gen Z, you come down here and you can see that rap and hip hop is number one, which again not surprising. R and B next, and alternative indie rock, which none of that is a surprise for Gen Z. Same thing with millennials. If you look at millennials, rap and hip hop followed by country and R&B. And then uh, as you get into Gen X, which uh, they're, they're the old folks now. Um, <laughs> they used to be the young folks. Y'all used to be the young folks. Uh, unfortunately, I don't fall in this category. Uh, classic rock, country, and hard rock and metal. And then 
for everyone, uh, baby boomers like me, uh, classic rock country and adult soft pop, which I don't listen to any of those. But um, I just thought that was an interesting kind of thing. And, and, and it breaks everything down by uh, race and, and gender and the kinds of things they buy. You know, how many people are using social media for music? How many people are buying vinyl? And, uh, and, and how many people are buying CDs? And yeah. pe- there's a bigger percentage of CD buyers than viral buyers. Just saying. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. That's what it's saying. I thought it would be the other way around. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, I, you know, this guy I was talking to that d- did the, uh, the, the da- breakdancing violinist. Dude has um, selling CDs at his show still. Really? Um, wow. Because he goes, what else are you going to sell besides merch? And so uh, he doesn't really have anything else to sell. And um, plus, it's, gonna, it's something he can sign. And vinyl has, is totally just something for people to put on their walls. Yeah. I yeah. think I, I, I ask a question with every class. I'll say, how many people like vinyl or collect vinyl? And, you know, five or six people raise their hand. I'll say, how many people have a record player? And then half of them will pull their hands down because <laughs> yeah. they, they collect vinyl and they love yeah. vinyl, but they don't. They can't play it. Lucas says, Gen X rules. Okay. Well, maybe so. It seems uh, so. Actually, the stats on this channel, believe it or not, are, I don't know about yours, but people watching this video are 25 to 35. I don't know who. It's it's about the same, like 20, 25 to, I'm up around 44. That's um, the next group. Gen X is, it's like 25 oh, yeah, to 44 yeah. is the, 35 is the first group. And then the next 10 years is the next group. And it yep. completely falls off on either side, really. Yep. A yep. little bit. So, uh, Arco, um, I'm going to just let uh, address this real quick. Um, yep. Arco says, special thanks to Eric Copeland for Make Music Income. I got my visa yesterday, and now I'm surely going to the U.K. It's only a matter of boarding a flight. Arco is getting ready to go from India to the U.K. and go to music school, go to university there. That's huge. And, Congrats. Yeah, he has already gone to school in India, but now he's going to a music-based f- uh, focused program in the U.K. I think it's in Oxford, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Arco, I, you've probably seen Arco in your in your streams before. Um, young man is after it. Let me tell you, really working hard. At, no excuses. At- no excuses, man. I mean, you know, I, I I come across so many people, even like just here in the states, and I guess that that's the reason I say I make music not excuses because first off you live in the states like there's plenty of opportunity here but there's Mm -hmm. people who are in other countries who may not have access to a lot of the things that we may have Um, a lot of the programs a lot of the you know universities or schools that specialize in audio uh, but somehow they still figure it out i know a composer who's composed on amazing projects animated projects was literally like born in the middle of a war in the middle east and like figured out how to make it over to the states and now he's a successful composer so you can make it happen if if you you really want it so that that's inspiring shout out to arco shout out arco thank you so much and always one of the first guys in the chat and just uh we really appreciate uh all of you guys who kind of hang out and listen and, and give us comments and so All right, so uh, moving on here, it's time for, I do not have a a funny thing for this, so I just kind of do this. 
that's all I do for viewer mail because I don't have a funny viewer. I'm I, at some point when I have a minute, I'm going to make a viewer mail theme song. Um, all right, so I do want to get to viewer mail though because I have an interesting question that I saved for you because um, somebody sent me an email. This is from uh, a fellow named Norman who emailed me, and I told him I would uh, I wanted to talk about a few of these things. You probably can't read that very well, but I'll throw it up there anyway. But it was question number three and four. He said, I know they always say to use only songs with universal lyrics, mm. uh, and I understand the reason, but I do hear, and when he says they, he means people who are, talk, who are talking about sync yep. and licensing type things. Okay. But I do hear things in TV programs that have, shall we say, strange and unusual lyrics which add to the atmosphere being created. Do you have any advice on mysterious lyric credits now i know both of us create a lot of instrumental music for tv probably more than i actually create a lot of vocal music for my libraries because they want it yep. i don't know how much you do yep. but what's your thoughts on strange and unusual lyrics versus happy positive lyrics like we were taught when we first start got into sync and said all oh, the commercials want positive stuff and all this kind of stuff right so i guess the approach i take is you know I, i'm not going to veer away from what works right and historically yeah. broad lyrics ambiguous lyrics that apply to multiple situations have worked and they continue to work so my focus is to create and focus more on those types of songs, especially as, as briefs come in and that's what they're asking for. And then occasionally, you know, if you're feeling creative, you know, make a, a few of those songs. Um, my approach is if I if I'm not working off of a brief, I'm going to create something that I know works. Yep. Excuse me. And then if I receive a brief that's asking for something specific, something weird or just kind of different, um, then at that point, that's when I'll spend the time to create something. Because one, I know someone's looking for it. Um, and number two, if it, you know, if it comes around now, it could come around again. This is something that I can have in my catalog. Um, and then depending on how well that does, you know, I may go back and, and create a few more like it. Um, but, you know, my main goal is to uh, make make the best use of my time when I'm creating. I don't want to spend a lot of time on something that I don't think is going to get used or, or requested a lot. Um, so that's how I yeah. usually approach it. Yeah, I, and it depends on who you are. I, I probably less than someone like you or Dave or some of the other guys or Jesse in this space. Probably I I probably watch briefs the least, and because I, I don't have. I mean, unless my library owners come to me and say, we need this, yeah. and then I'll do that. But I'm not a brief watcher or a brief responder. I don't like get a bunch of briefs and stuff like that, or I don't go looking for them. That's why a taxi didn't work out for me, because eventually I just I, – I, I create – you know, I – I my tagline the uh, the intro the make music income uh, intro that you didn't get to see now says make music you love and then make music income and and so I tend to create the songs I have in my head but mm -hmm. if I know I want to put together an album that's going to do well for um, songs that are going to be on Lifetime movies and stuff like that and get used in those kind of things I'm going to write a bunch of love songs. That 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 are very innocuous and can be used on a thousand different scenes, rather than you know something specific and and uh, weird and strange. But sometimes you get those calls that they say we need something that's kind of weird yeah. and kind of strange. And so I do those albums. Those are just harder to sell yeah. to libraries because they're like, uh, you know, I, I don't see a lot of specific uses 
for those, you know, I mean, or the, or it's really specific. It's like you have a relationship with music supervisors and you happen to know that they are looking for a specific thing like that. And it's really weird. And so right. that's my answer to that. And then his other ones, he says, you always refer to songs. And I take that to include instrumentals and instrumentals to include cues. Would you treat songs and instrumentals differently at all? As far as... Um... I, I, I think this is in the world still of TV type music. Was, you know, I, I when I say song, I mean a song that could... It could have it could be a vocal. It could be not a vocal. No. Um, and cues probably are not going to have vocals mostly. Yeah. If I'm using the term cue, I'm thinking instrumental. You know, the the minute and a half, two minutes, um, instrumental cue, and then yeah. If if I'm using the term songs within the world of honestly within all worlds, usually a song. If I say song, I'm meaning something that has lyrics. Um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like the difference when we talk about in, in at the school and I talk to them about the difference between a songwriter and a composer. Mm-hmm. Well, most of the time we're going to think of a composer composing music only, not necessarily something with lyrics yep. versus a songwriter, which we're going to assume they're writing a song with lyrics. Right. So I think you can look at songs and instrumentals as differently. But um, I abs- all the, the things I was talking about, the Jimmy Buffett songs, the mariachi song, um, those are all songs with lyrics. And so, um, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of songs going on and not just instrumentals. Yeah. But this kind of brings us, one of the reasons I did this, this is um, by design. It brings us to this thing today. Speaking of instrumentals and speaking of songs. And, and so when we start to talk about making money with beats, um, the first thing that I want to do is... I want to start um, trying to figure out how to define the beats. And so that's what we're going to talk about first. It's just we, we did this a little bit in the last time that we were together. We, t- we talked about uh, defining beats a little bit. But just kind of give us a one more time a, a, defi- a definite answer for what a beat is. So when a 19-year-old comes in saying, uh, man, I, f- I heard a great – I heard it this yesterday. I, I walked into the school and there's these two guys. They're both kind of new teachers at our school mm-hmm. and they're, they're working on a, on a rap tune. And one was engineering, one was in the booth. And I said, where do you get this track? And he says, I think he got it from YouTube. And I'm like, oh, man. so I went and asked the guy, I was like, and I, I found out what this means, but I was like, what do you mean you got it from YouTube? Do you mean you got it from YouTube? And then there's a link to beat stars. And he goes, yes. I said, okay, that lets me know, but yeah. define beats for us. And and what a beat maker would be. Yeah. So beats is uh, just an instrumental. Um, you know, anytime I use the the term beats um, or if you hear, you know, something like, you know, buy a beat, lease a beat, it's a, it's a full instrumental, um, a.k.a. full composition. Um, you know, it's just a, you know, just a, a different term um, that we use to describe that. A beat maker is someone who just focuses on on creating instrumental tracks um and, and that it kind of stops there you know what i mean sometimes we use a producer beat maker you know a producer can make a beat sometimes a producer doesn't make a beat and he puts all the the pieces together the musicians and things um and, and produces you know uh, an instrumental or a song using other talent um but a beat maker usually more so um 
electronic based, DAW based, um, you know, or or MPC like drum machine based, sampler based. Um, you'll see that as well. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much all it is. It's just creating instrumentals. And uh, is beats how you got started? Did you get started doing beats, or or did you edit? Yeah. So I was I was a musician first. Um, I was a musician first, and then I got into making beats. Uh, man, like around around fifteen. <clears throat> um, so for me, it was a uh, man. Honestly, earlier than that, because. There was this thing on, on PlayStation. It was called Music Generator. So in middle school, yeah, I remember I had Music Generator, and you can move around loops and just kind of create your own thing. Now, at that time, I was trying to be a rapper, and that didn't really work out for me. So um, <laughs> I circled back around in middle school, um, going into high school, and um, a friend of mine came across this program. It was like 10 bucks at Best Buy. It was called uh, Magic's Music Maker. Sure. Yeah. So that was really what kind of took everything off um, with just, you know, arranging loops and, and making beats and stuff with the loops that were, that was in that program. And then at 16, I started, you know, playing keys. I was a drummer first. So 16, I started playing keys. And then from there, it transitioned to kind of making beats on the keyboard, using the sounds on there. And then I would transfer it to the computer and structure everything out and all that stuff. Um, and that was kind of like the evolution for me. And it was, you know, it was all instrumental stuff. Um, you know, did a <laughs> did a couple albums <laughs> of me rapping and whatnot. Um, yeah, man. And then I, I, I realized I really fell in love with the the art and process of production and just putting sounds together and turning it into something that people enjoy listening to um so i just kept doing that through high school um through college you know would just make beats just you know just because it, it was fun to do um and then i started implementing that musicianship you know with the beats and then um from there started creating music for artists and then that's when it turned into you know, full blown producer. We're not just making yeah. tracks now. Now we're uh, we're instructing the artists and trying to bring the best performance um, out of them. Um, you know, making sure the recording sounds good, making sure um, you know the the you know just that bridge between the engineer and the, and the artist and what we want the recording to sound like. Um, that's when I, I started getting into you know just producing full songs. Um, cool. so yeah, so now I do a little bit of everything, man. I can, I can make a beat. I can <laughs> score something to picture. I can produce a full song. Um, but that, that was kind of like the evolution for me. So I hear you talk about a lot of times on your channel that if you create something and it doesn't get a, it doesn't get a bite at a library or for whatever reason, it, it doesn't make it into the sync world. You can just throw it into your beats uh, world. So I, I imagine you're on BeatStars and other places like Airbit or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Have a store on BeatStars, Airbit. Um, and yeah, you know, I think I use those stores primarily because I like I like to produce a lot of like R&B, Neo Soul stuff. Um, I don't get a lot of requests for that stuff. Oh, I get more so R&B, hip hop requests a lot in sync. But um, the slower ballad kind of stuff don't see a lot of, but I love to create that. Um, mm -hmm. So the beat stores is kind of my outlet to get, you know, those slower ballads and those 
um, you know, neo soul and R and B and trap soul tracks out of my system, and then gotcha. you know send them off to to artists who you know may not have huge budgets, um, like you know some of the the major artists out there to to sure. pay you know five ten thousand dollars for um, for a track. So yeah. So with everything else you've got going on, um, your licensing stuff and this channel and other stuff. Where does Beats fall percentage-wise? Do you make any income of it that that is worth um, not 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 dollars, but yeah. percentage-wise of income? Does it does it make a dent? It's it it doesn't. It went down over the years, mostly because I haven't um, I haven't posted a lot of like me creating the beats. Uh, especially on social media. But when I used to post of just like, you know, the process of creating the beat, um, it was mostly, I'll say like 2019, 2020, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot more. So my my sales on those stores were, were definitely up. I'll still get one occasionally. Percentage wise, uh, maybe I'll say now like 5% maybe okay, of everything. Fair. Yeah. Um, and because, folks, this is one of those things that there are people who get into non-exclusive licensing, you know, to stock libraries or something like that. And they really focus on it. And there are people who have made thousands of dollars a month on that sometimes, you know. Even now, you know, you got people who, who are making money on Motion Array or Artlist or something, and they're 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 making some, some dough with that. But... Um, that's because they concentrate on it mostly. Yeah. And the and in listening to the podcast and watching the videos I've watched that, it's the same in the Beats world. The people who are making money on it probably don't do anything else. Exactly. They focus only on making beats and they put videos out on YouTube and they tag them and they do what they call tight beats, which I, I could not understand what they were saying on the podcast. I was like, tight? Tight beats or type beats? And <laughs> yeah. then I just went to YouTube and looked at their channels and it says, uh, you know, a trap type beat or or Meek Mill type beat or something like that, yep. and it's it's a def- it's a it's a way that people can search for a beat of, of a certain artist they like and look for a type beat. Yep. As a matter of fact, if you type "type in" on YouTube, the first thing it says is "type beat," yep. and uh, so you can go there and find it. And so they are doing their own Instagram and all that kind of stuff, and it's all geared towards here's my newest beat and here's and and then just and they're doing ads for traffic, uh, you know, f- to get people to their YouTube pages so that people can find them on YouTube because it's the second biggest su- uh, search engine that there is. Yep. And then they can go to their beat stars and, and, and lease their track or whatever. Um, wh- how, however, it seems to me that most of these people are in the hip hop space that I look at that are, uh, is there a percentage of beat stars and people who do beats successfully mm-hmm. that fall in a genre, would you say what is hip hop that percentage of? That's a terrible way to ask that question. What percentage of beat stars would you say is hip hop based? Um, man, I, I'll say a large percentage. Um, a large percentage like of hip hop. Because, man, eighty, maybe even higher. I would say, wow. I, yeah, I would go. I would hit ninety at least, just because. I mean, if you look at everything else, you know, when we were looking at the the RIAA stats, mm-hmm. you know, hip hop being, you know, one of the top uh, genres. You look at, you know, the um, the Billboard charts. You're going to see hip hop on there at the top. Um, even in sync licensing, you look at a lot of a lot of requests, a lot of music that's being that's being used in ads and things like that. A lot of it is is hip hop driven now. So I feel like naturally, 
you know, when you have a, a genre of music that is popular, you know, it's the, the current pop music um, and something that that's requested. You're going to see that trend in in every every platform and, and market because, you know, people know that that's what people are like and that's what people are buying. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a large percentage. And I also know, you know, some producers who do more like tropical stuff still kind of has <clears throat> has hip hop drums and stuff like that. Like Afro um, Afro beat, Afro maybe, beat or something yep, like that. Yep. So all of that stuff um, is, is EDM hot on maybe well. EDM and. All forms of electronic music, maybe? Yeah. Or it, again, it, maybe it, we should talk about the type of person who's going there to lease beats. And yep. those are probably rappers. Yep. You got rappers, you got R&B. Or hip hop artists. As well. Yeah. Yep. Hip hop, yeah. R&B. So, yeah. Are you making beats that are two minutes to three minutes tops? Is that what, what the length is on beats? I'm about, yeah, I'm still around that two and a half. Um, yeah, for for an instrumental, because I think it's pop music. Yeah, I think a lot of the ones on there. Yeah, I had I, I would I would have like a third verse on there, um, or like or a bridge on some of them. So yeah, and I hear sometimes they have vocals on them, or they have vocal tags and things like that. And we'll talk about tags in a minute, but they have vocals on them that are like in the chorus or something like that sometimes? Yep, yep. you can have a hook. Uh, so it'll be like a beat with a hook, uh, meaning, you know, you kind of have a vocalist or even a rapper just with a hook so that the artist can come in. The hook is already there to inspire them for the idea, and then they'll just go in, fill in the verses, maybe do some ad-libs on the hook or something like that. Um, so, yeah, that <clears throat> I think that's a a way also to kind of, kind of increase the the value um in marketing of a, a particular track as well throwing a hook on there and, and kind of showing the artist hey this is this is what this could sound like and you know give you the vibe that you're looking for and also do you when you sign up for when you put a song up to beat stars are you automatically putting stems up or do you wait to do that if someone pays a higher price yeah you automatically put the stems up because the cool thing about you know a platform like beat stars or airbit is that um it, it you want it to be completely automated for the most part. Once you upload it, you know, it has it takes care of the agreements, it takes care of the stems, you upload your stems and things like that. So that when someone comes and they say, Hey, you know, I I want, you know, this track, I want these these rights, and you know, it has your different tier pricing and things like that. It's completely automated to where, you know, you create the beat, you upload it and upload the stems you need, you know, have your agreements and pricing set up. Um, and then you don't really have to worry about it other than driving traffic and, um, you know, just making people aware that, you know, your your music is available. Arco asks, is, is there a specific structure for beats for making sales? Um, structure as far as the act, structuring the actual music or... I'm guessing song structure. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty close to what I do for sync. Like I'll do short intro, verse one, hook, verse two, hook. Maybe yeah. maybe a bridge, a short bridge or third kind of verse or breakdown. I, I know breakdowns are pretty pretty popular now where it's like, you know, you're not doing a whole third verse these days. Um and then final hook and then yeah. 
I'll say as far as structure, a lot of the, the rap stuff that I'm being shown by other people and a lot of this stuff could be beats from beat stars or just rap in general yeah. is not really specific verse chorus. It's hard to really hear where the chorus starts <laughs> yeah. and where the verse ends because it's all the same four bar loop through the whole thing. It feels like, yeah, uh, I know that's probably you're probably doing more because you're used to actual structure it for, drive, for it singing. Nuts. <laughs> Me too. I can't. I can't deal with it. They play it at school, and and I'm just hearing a monotone rap over a single beat, a four bar loop for two minutes. Yeah. And it to me, but I know that's that's part of the popularity of of what it is. It's, it's inclusivity. Um, it always has been a little bit like that. Yeah. Um. All right. So next question. Um or next thing I want to talk about, which is um, income from beats, not from you, but um, I, I, I've talked about that you make some, but uh, apparently there are people making four, five, six figures from beats specifically and only. Yeah. I mean, they're not really focusing on anything else. How do they do that? Yeah, seven figures even. I know my guy Gabe um, from Legion Beats um, surpassed like the seven figure mark uh, just selling beats. Um, <clears throat> is that mainly coming from beat stars probably? Yeah. So, and individual sales probably straight to him. Yeah. But. And I, Gabe is, Gabe is a genius. Number one, we have to, st we have to start with that because he brought something into, um, you know, the, the beat making world, the, the production world that wasn't being done and it was being done in other industries. It wasn't being done in ours. And that is the, uh, the funnel structure of, you know, selling beats and things and, and packaging them um so he kind of brought a new a new way to kind of present it to artists and things like that by um just creating a, a you know an offer that they can't refuse so um, that's how he was able to to do those kind of numbers um but you know with anything it's about people knowing that you exist like buying a, you know a membership to an airbit or beat stars um and then uploading a bunch of music is just not enough you know you have to get in front of people you have to make them interested into what you're doing what you're creating um and and, and you know just put yourself out there and market it and promote it in a way that doesn't feel like you know spamming you know people so mm -hmm. i think uh I, I, the strategies that <clears throat> that i i see are that work are you know, creating content that, you know, your target market would enjoy. So if you're making, you know, hip hop beats, trap beats, and your your target is, uh, you know, an artist, a rap artist, or um, any artist who would, who would buy your beat, um, you should be giving that artist valuable information that can help them, whether it's recording tips or, um, you know, tips on how they can make money as an artist, um, you know, as far as how to promote themselves, build an email list, um, different things that they would just find valuable on their journey and then pull right. them in, you know, with that, with that content while also sprinkling what you do, showcasing what you do in a creative way, not just, you know, taking your phone and recording your computer screen and saying, go buy this beat, but like literally, creating a video showing you creating the beat or do some type of breakdown explaining you know the the concept of it um you know just different creative ways yeah man uh, dj Payne's site is for like of his beats yeah. and one one like d talking video and then four three or four more beats and then 
talking video. Yeah. And so I've thought about doing that on this channel and putting more of my actual music up on this channel mm -hmm. as music videos. That they won't get a lot of views, but it's more of yeah, yeah. You can kind of do both, and and it helps him as a. It gives them legitimacy as a beat maker if that people are also hearing their beats, and I think yep. maybe that's something that all of us who are who are um, makers of of content about these things should do more yep. is put our beats actually up because otherwise that's why I started my this other thing called Hello Composers and my podcast on that as I if whenever I can get to it is only going to be about you know talking about composing from what I've composed and then showing my stuff yeah. there. Because uh, you know we have so much to talk about, and people want to ask us so many questions. There's almost no time to show off any music, yeah. you know. Yep, yep. And, but we know we're making it, but they don't know always that we're making it. Exactly. Um, all right. Let's see the next one. I want to talk about. Um, so yeah, it can be a big time income, and it could be also a side income. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the other thing I want to. Next thing I want to talk about is really how beats and licensing go together. And again, you're the man I want to talk to about this since you're way more in the licensing space than the beat space as far as your income or or your in, or your time probably spent. Yeah. But um, I've heard. So yeah, we already talked to you about that. Um, so beats can be a parallel income to string, to licensing as far as you're concerned, right? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously if you are a hip hop creator of any kind, you should be thinking possibly or probably about both, would you say? Yeah, and I'm, it, it depends on what what you really want to do. And I think, you know, be realistic with yourself because anything you do, anything you say yes to is going to require some time. Um, <clears throat> but you can absolutely do both in a way that they don't interfere with each other. Yeah. And we can talk, we can talk more about that, but well, here's the a way they would interfere. We're going to talk more about that for sure. Because if we're talking exclusive libraries, you can't be throwing anything up to beat stars that you're pitching to your libraries, especially ones that you know are already going to take it just because they, they, you have background with them and they say, I'm just going to take what you send me because I know you, you know. And so, but if you, you got to be careful because if you put a, a beat out to, and, and it's part of a, a list of songs you send to a new library that you're not with yet, and then they want them all, and you've already put them up on BeatStars, that could cause problems, right? Absolutely, 100%. Um, yeah, I always always recommend, like, if, if you are going to have a beat store and, you know, have music in sync i like to personally just keep them completely separate um that way there's there's no issues on the on the sync side and then you know everything is is what it is on the the beat store side all right so can beats fall into what i like to call non-exclusive music that i make this is stuff that i'm never pitching <clears throat> to exclusive libraries i have made the decision i i draw a line in my head and on my on my libraries and in my folders and stuff yeah. this is the stuff i'm working on for sync and i know i'm going to be working on for sync so it's it's protected but everything else pond five stuff my personal stuff whatever i can put into almost any non-exclusive thing i want is that the way you think of beat stores absolutely um everything everything that has been uploaded on my beat star my va would also upload it to all the non-exclusive you know stock music sites and okay. um non-exclusive places so yeah just to maximize okay. that. Yep. Cool. Now, next question. That with that said, what about content ID 
and beats. How does how does that work for you? Because again, I guess if you're thinking it's non-exclusive, that's all good. It can you can put content ID and you can monetize that. But mm-hmm. do you ever get blowback from people, or can you just say I'll whitelist your channel, or you know that kind of stuff? What do you think about that? Um, I haven't had any issues with it. Uh, so the everything I put on the Beat Store, I also register with uh, with SongTrust, which is a, a publishing admin which does content ID as well. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so they'll collect on on that stuff. Um, the only channel I really whitelisted was my own. Yeah. Because, um, I don't know, it's just kind of pointless. Cause... Well, because people can steal beats easy yeah. off YouTube or whatever. Yep. And so you got to protect yourself just like you do with, with uh, stock libraries or whatever. Yep. But um, what about when people – have you done any actual, like – buyouts with your beats or do you even fool with the full buyout type of thing um i i did for one because the artist artist wrote a song to it um and then no one no one else you know had you know had leased it or anything like that um so i just made that exclusive to that artist and then that song actually ended up getting placed um on tv so yeah, so if it's if it's a situation where it hasn't been licensed or anything, um, and you know you know we want to pitch it or it's, it's just been sitting up there, and nothing has happened, you know we pull it down and then you know find some somewhere else for it to to make money for. So, what if it's already been put into Content ID and somebody wants to buy it exclusively? That is a good question. That at that point, you know, I would reach out to you know the pub admin and say, "Hey, you know, this song that's been registered with Content ID is there any way we can kind of mm-hmm. you know pull this out or just again, you could still whitelist their channel, yeah. if you needed to, yeah, you know, yeah. but you know there could be some complications there. That's why I was wondering. Yeah. Now, I suppose these though are are songs you would not, for some reason, I'm thinking that you would not put these in your PRO. Do you? Your beats? Yes. Yep. I'll register them there as well. Um, you do? Yeah. Okay. Just to yeah cover. Again, Song Trust, they, they do all of that. So it's going to end up, you know, with the PRO, Content ID, um, as well as, you know, all the, the worldwide collection societies as well. So if somebody leases your beat, puts it on a song, and they make, they get on, let's say, Sirius XM. Well, that's Sound Exchange. Um, let's say they get, well, no, Sirius is still some some PRO money, I think, or is it all sound exchange? I can't remember. I know sound exchange collects from Sirius, but let's say it's on TV. You're going to get the money from that or the artist or both, or how is that going to work? Depends on the agreement. So for my, it depends on how you have your agreement set up, you know, and which license they purchase. So each tier has different rights. Um, So, you know, your MP3, your basic lease for, you know, however much it is, um, may not even include broadcast rights. You know, you may need, mm. you know, the yeah, I got you. $200 license or something like that to be able to get those rights. So it really depends on which license they're getting and, and what rights they get. Um, I personally didn't have, uh, you know, TV, film, sync rights in any of my leases. Um, in fact, I don't even have the option to buy it out or like exclusively um you know, that's more so something that I would decide on my my end personally. But I wanted to keep it 
all non-exclusive because I just, you know, I just feel like it can just turn into a headache and I don't want to have to go back. To be honest, most of them are just putting out on SoundCloud anyway. Exactly. You know, exactly. or, or maybe, maybe YouTube. And if it's if on YouTube you, and if there is ever a content ID, you can problem, you can fix that. Yep. And if it's on Spotify, that that's okay. They, they can make the pennies there if they want to make pennies at Spotify. And if it comes a big hit, you're 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 st are you still tied in as the writer oh yeah in, absolutely in that? yeah okay. yeah you don't give up like any any rights or ownership or anything like that um so yeah a conversation would absolutely still have to be had um you know with something like that okay so putting it on spotify and all that kind of stuff and any dsps is all part of what they pay you to get the beat and and all that kind of stuff it's just included and and there's a a do you get any money from the DSPs for the songs that they license from you? Is that in the contract or anything? Yeah, sometimes if they, um, you know, if if they do, what they're supposed to do. They they can put you down uh, for fifty percent fifty percent split. So I mean, it, it it depends. It depends on the you know on the artist situation. Um, so yeah, yeah, cool. Well, let's just finish off a little bit about this because this has been, I think this has been some really good information. Let's finish off just talking about how someone would get started with selling beats. If you were like day one and you said, I'm going to start selling beats, yeah. what would you what would you do first okay. besides make the beats? Let's assume you've made some beats already. Or, and, and I would suggest you go study all these beat makers like Othello and all these people who are out there making beats and making, uh, and, and, and they're, they're almost not indie anymore because they're 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 getting big they're getting some big you know like deals and things like that but for the one beginning what would you suggest to get started selling beats all right so i already have the beats um mm -hmm. you know i am going to set up going to set up the beat store you know make sure all that stuff is set up make sure price beat stars or a beat store on your site um or like a beat stars beat stars airbit something like that mm -hmm. um and the reason why is because they already built the infrastructure there's no i'm yeah. not, not going to try and do it on my site because you know the marketplace for that for for someone who's looking for beats they're going to go to a beat star they're, they're, they're going to go to an airbit um yeah. so use the infrastructure that's already in place um, for that stuff to be automated for you. Um, and it's easy. It's just, it's easier to set up that way. Cause it's just done. <laughs> so I would go there, um, set that up, get my tracks, get my, uh, my stems, make sure I have everything I need for that. Um, you know, make sure branding and, and all that stuff is there and, you know, make sure I have somewhere to send people, you know, when they do ask, you know, where can I find some of your beats or, or whatever. And then once I have that set up, um, I'm going to test it, make sure it's working properly. So I'm going to buy my own beats pretty much and go through the process because I want to experience what the customer is going to experience because you're going to have customer issues and you want to be able to see every, every, every part of the journey that they're going to go on purchasing from you. So if they do have an issue, you will know exactly, you know, where that issue is and how to resolve it uh, from a customer service standpoint. And then once so in a lot of ways, I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. In, in a lot of ways, this is no different than deciding you sell your songs on non-exclusive music library sites. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Yep. It's just it's a different it's a different customer. That's all it is. Yeah. Yep. Different yeah. customer. Instead of someone looking for a tune for their for their YouTube video or their 
uh, or their presentation, they're looking for a song to sing over or rap over cool. uh, or both. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so Beat Stars number one, Airbit number two, and then there, I think there are some other ones out there too. So, right? Would you? Is that how you would look at it? Um, I, I say those are or, those are the t- top two. Um, yeah. yeah, only ones worth fooling with. Yeah, indeed. Um, so yeah, and then after that, I'm I'm focusing on content. You know, I feel like. Um, I feel like everything, the purchasing process, it just starts with good quality content, content that gives value to the people you're trying to sell your beats to. Um, so educate them, you know, give them some tips, some strategies, um, and while also sprinkling in what you do, you know, again, if you're not on your profile, making beats or displaying your beats no one's going to know that you make beats so you want to put that out there in in a really cool way that keeps people um engaged and um you know just just start to to build a community with that with that content and draw people in um and i've seen people who like are in stock music and they they stock music libraries and then they make youtube videos of that song with just a static picture which was what most of the beat makers seem to do mm-hmm. just a static picture and it plays the song and um and you 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 put that up there and then you put a lot of keywords into who this is like and especially right in that description right in the title mm-hmm. it says meek mill type beat or Drake type beat or whoever you're you're trying because that's what people are searching for and yeah. they're they're going on YouTube and Google and either place of those places they will they have a chance of finding your beat yeah. if you've put that in the title and you've put other keywords in there and uh, th- but I've seen people who in stock music try to do this and I don't think that makes sense because people aren't out looking for those files on on YouTube they're looking for them on the library they'll go to a pond 5 or to a Envato elements and they'll find I know I do I when I look for a, a stock piece of video for a, a, a video I'm gonna go and just find the first thing that works and I'm gonna use it yeah but this is a whole different deal because you've got artists looking for that beat that moves them that they can then wrap over and then show all their friends and and put on then make all the SoundCloud and then get on Spotify and do all the do all the things and people are searching for that. So I think you need to be even more if you're in the the beat world, even more of a YouTuber. Even if you're just putting you know single pictures up with your newest beat, yeah. And that's how people are going to find you. And I think it's even easier probably to find possible people rather than the the whole non-exclusive library thing i think that's harder than this yeah um yeah because i mean i guess i I think both markets have you know there's a customer that's already looking for what you have the challenge is you know the challenge is 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 meeting them where they are you know where they where they looking for for music um i did a survey on the there's like an email series that goes out to people who purchase beats. I did a survey asking them like, you know, where, where like the top places you look for when you're searching for new music and YouTube was, it was like number one. Um, and then, then you'll see the beat stars and, and Arabic marketplaces, but yeah, man, they just go to YouTube and they start searching. Like I want something that sounds like, um, you know, LMA. So, um, yeah, man. Lucas says, uh, I'm trying to sell on beat stars, but it's very hard in any kind of genres. By the way, I've never sold a beat. And I, I, I so I, other genres besides hip hop and, and, you know, world music and, um, 
R&B, like you said, it's it's less likely to get an R&B one used, but it's it's probably not. And when we say R&B, we can mean anything from I don't know what pop, sold pop, you know, neo soul, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but what about if you're an, a lo-fi producer? Any lo-fi being put out there? Again, it's got to be wrapped over, right? Which for the most part, we say. So I, I'm I'm starting to see more like lo-fi briefs now, um, instrumentals. Uh, I'm talking about beat stars. Oh, beat star. Yeah, there's lo-fi stuff on there for sure. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a. a what about jazz. Producer. Or jazz hip hop, if it was mixed or something like that. Uh, jazz hip hop, I'm gonna think more. I'm gonna lean more Jay Dilla like style kind of beats, right? Um, so it's really artist based. You really need to know what kind of artist you can you can put up there, and people can find and say, "Ooh, yep. yeah, that's the one I'm looking for." Yep, because that's that's gonna be that's artist point of reference. Like they, you know. They have their favorite artists. They know who they kind of want to mimic or sound like. Um, so that's usually what they're what they're going to search by. Um, JMO asks, "Do you trailerize hip hop beats? Is that a good way to get placements?" Absolutely. Um, you know, we we're asked to do. I've done trailerized uh, hip hop stuff, trailerized R and B. Um, absolutely. That's like it's honestly a, a sort of niche as well. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and what I'm the big um, thing that I have noticed in uh, trailers right now is old rock songs being redone mm. as trailers. Yep. Pink Floyd for the newest at tra- uh, the, the time, I think it was, I can't remember which one, for the Flash trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I just heard another one. I heard um, an old classical tune used, um, f- I think it was uh, Debussy's um, um, big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of it right now, but, uh, you know, but a lot of old rock songs, I just heard another one the other night. I put a note down about it and they're just, uh, the new continental, the, the show, the continental that's coming out on Peacock about the John wick hotel place. They've, they're using, uh, an old, uh, earth, wind and fire song that they've trailerized. And crazy. that seems to be really popular right now. So if yeah. you like to, if you like to remake older songs, that's another trailer trailer kind of uh vibe right now yeah and i'm sure they're looking for that kind of stuff yeah um all right last questions here uh question have you heard of SoundClick? any thoughts on that platform Ooh, i wow. don't know much about it i haven't heard of SoundClick in years uh i think yeah. i heard about it like 20 years ago or something yeah like that, that. that was like the early stages of kind of you know what we see now with with beat stars and stuff like SoundClick was like you know where a lot of people just come share their music and then you know producers started like selling their music via SoundClick. but yeah now it's just yeah i don't think anybody's on there well man i appreciate your time i'm going to because i i i gotta click off my sound i gotta sound click onto another uh, podcast here (laughs) so uh but man this is good stuff i am gonna just so you guys know uh for the for the podcast i kind of make it a variety show but i'm gonna take this part about the beats and I'm going to make it into a separate video just just the conversation about the beats because I think there's been really some great nuggets in here I'm going to edit that up but that won't happen until next week but 
Um, man, thank you so much for joining. Always enjoy your content. Thanks. I just, you're on my, uh, I'm listening to podcasts from Clint on the way to work and back. Uh, cause I listen to podcasts. It's like an hour drive there for me. So oh, nice. and I'm, I'm pod listening to pod everybody's podcast. So listening to, uh, to your podcast is fun. I listened to an interview with you and the, and another guy talking about, um, uh, one of your more recent interviews with another strike. composer. I can't remember which one, but it was a great, it was a great conversation. I Thank really you. enjoy those. So Thank always you. enjoy your work and uh, your 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 service to all of the people in these communities, and and uh, and I, I know they appreciate it too. So thank you, man. Thanks so much, man. Likewise. Um, all right, uh, we'll see you soon, and I'm going to end the podcast, folks. Thanks for being here and uh, walking through this crazy uh, time with uh, Clinton and I. But I think we. We've got some good information about beats out here. And if you are interested in selling beats, then, you know, I think that you should, uh, you should do it. You should, if I, I think you should definitely look at what's on there and look at what people listen to. So there's podcasts and there's YouTube channels. DJ Payne's channel is a great one to listen to for this. They are, um, you know, really giving you some information about how to get started. And if you, if you lean towards hip hop, uh, this is a great extra possible income source and you know we like income sources here on make music income so thanks again everybody we'll see you next time peace and uh